Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, sir, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello. Dark, slightly windy, and with a possibility of showers, but not golf ball sized hail evening. And welcome to Gatecast episode 125, covering season 6, episode 16. 16. Metamorphosis. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, it's a cracker today. I didn't actually tell Mike I was about to do that, which is why I blathered on for long enough for his brain to kind of kickstart some faint hope of a response. <laughs> well, we jabber on for a good half an hour before we start officially recording, and yeah. and by that time I've run out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I've calmed down somewhat from my I'm going to die mood, which I started the podcast in, so, and the room isn't spinning in an interesting fashion anymore. This is a good thing. Twitter now available in Arabic, Farsi, Hebrew, and Urdu, apparently. According to our listener, Chris. I'm not entirely sure. Is K-R-I-S-S a girl? Yes, it's a girl. Okay. So I managed to fill a wheelie bin with cardboard boxes from this room, flattened, today. And there's no visible reduction in the amount of boxes behind me. (laughs) It's as though I didn't actually do anything. So I've been reading Pleasure Thresholds, the Pat Tottenham book. In bed? Yes, in bed. I was feeling really weird yesterday. You know, I didn't cop the keep calm thing. Until I saw that post on Facebook with the World War Two poster yog. Keep calm and carry on. There are apparently a series of motivational posters produced during World War Two. Well, I wasn't around then. Yes, obviously, neither was I. My parents were. Just. Like a shark versus crocosaurus. So I watched four consecutive episodes of Smallville last night. Robert Picardo appeared in an episode. You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen all of Smallville. So do you recall Robert Picardo with it? <sighs> I had to have been, what, 220-odd <laughs> episodes? What was the episode about? Uh, he was the last surviving member of Veritas. He traps Clark on this big... Oh, the church? Yeah, the church. Yeah. The whole monk thing. Because, of course, his face isn't revealed, but as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, that's Robert Picardo, that is. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, I confused Aaron Earhart and that other idiot who thinks he can act. Oh, I ranted about him when I was watching Core. I read it, but I can't remember who the other actor was. Obviously, neither can I. Is Stargate a Warner Brothers property? MGM. Oh, well, maybe they're not as litigatious as Warner Brothers, because the main thing that's stopping anything new happening in Babylon 5 is Warner Brothers being dicks about it. Sit, stay, good line. Arsenal are 1-0 up. Okay. No, they're 4-0 down against AC Milan, so they've got to score five goals. (laughs) Unlikely, but... (laughs) Is the Dirk Gently TV show back on? Yeah. Are they repeating the old episodes because there were three? It was just one. It was on last night, but I forgot to record it. I got looking for it. Yeah. I managed to catch a repeat of Air Crash Investigations, which I forgot that was new series starting. I didn't know you had interest in such things. I like documentaries. I've no idea how many seasons of Rescue Me there were. Netflix have, Seven. Uh, Netflix have three. I'm sure they had more when I subscribed first. Probably did. <laughs> I mean, I've watched all the 4400, most of Saxondale, and at least five episodes of Rescue Me. That basically means a seven euro a month is pretty much paid for itself. Yeah. Anyway, we're coming on for nearly half an hour. Why don't we actually do something? Well, this is all filler. You know, we get a few minutes out of this, I can put in the podcast. 
So it didn't run for 43 minutes and <laughs> 42 minutes actually the episode. 42 minutes and 14 seconds. <laughs> I caught A Simpsons this week with... Well, I, I saw... Well, that was posted on Facebook, the Game of Thrones intro sequence. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if you'd seen. Hi, I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. And I'm Brent Barrett. And we're the hosts of a new podcast called Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. Where we discuss sci-fi and genre shows currently on television and some from the past. We're fans just like you. So join us in our water cooler and back porch discussions of your favorite shows. And strangely enough, you can find us online at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Be seeing you. Wait a minute. Isn't that what Bester says on Babylon 5? Maybe. I never watched Babylon 5. What? So you're a sci-fi geek who missed one of the best shows ever? Hey, hey, no details, no spoilers. I'm still catching up on DVD myself. Besides, we're not really experts or critics. We kind of think of ourselves more like guides or sci-fi Sherpas. I don't carry anyone's luggage, though. Yeah, me either. We're what we like to call the viewer's digest for genre TV. Yes, we're interested in the conversation shows generate. And speaking of sci-fi Sherpas, where would you find one of those? Mm, Craigslist? Oh, see what I have to deal with? Right, shall we? Yeah, let's jump right in. Ever three, ever do, ever hain. Clicky. <laughs> Fade in on. A swipe. Swipe. Hello. I'm sure I'll see you again. Is that lift actually going anywhere? <laughs> no. With any luck, I'll get sick. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, the expression on Sam's face there. With any luck, I'll get sick. That was Jackie Jason, who was in the episode the other week. Sam standing. Schwarzenegger Rory. So you were flirting. Well, I'm thinking of asking you out. And you should. In Kelowna, it's common for that request to be passed on by a friend. Oh, it is not. We well, could at least find out for me if you'd be receptive. Jonas, you are such a chicken. <laughs> How old are you, Jonas? My God. Yes, everybody to the gate room. Yes. Who is it? The Russian team, Major. Ahead of schedule. And they're requesting a medical team. Open the iris. Page General Hammond and Colonel O'Neill to the gate room. Yes, sir. Does this mean Sam is officially in command when the general's not there? Well, she's probably the senior ranking officer of Jack's not about. Where's Jack? Oh, the Russians. They don't look like very diplomatically... Oh, dear. They brought a friend. <laughs> she followed me home. Can I keep her? Ooh, naughty Russians. I thought aliens weren't allowed back to the SGC without prior permission. They're not. Ryder, what's going on? Colonel Ivanov and his team brought this visitor back with them, sir. Oh, dear. Sergei, who the hell is that? I am Alibran. <laughs> Halloran has vital information regarding the Gwalt Nyoti. What about her? She is experimenting on my people. Well, she tends to do that. Yes. I knew you would want to know what Nyoti was doing to this people, since it was you who allowed her to go free. She was going to come back and bite Jack eventually. Mm. Pretty much a given when you let her go last time. They didn't really have much choice. Well, it was a deal. He could have reneged on his deal. Jack wanted to. I doubt the general would have let him. Who would have known? Ethics and morals, they get in the way of all sorts of things. Okay then. Metamorphosis, season 6, episode 16. Directed by Peter DeLuise. Written by James Titchener. From a story by James Titchener and Jacqueline Samuda. Mm. Who stars in this episode. Mm-hmm. Got its world premiere January the 15th, 2003 on Sky One in the UK. Oh. Aired a couple of weeks later, February the 7th in the US, and 
Half a year later in Australia, September the 18th. Shares its episode title with Smallville, Supernatural, Fame, Star Trek, Cold Case, Sanctuary, and many, many others. So it's <laughs> Metamorphosis, very popular title for genre television. Oh dear. So the general wasn't far away then. Was he with Janet? Is that a grin on his face? Was he with Janet? <laughs> You'd better have a damn good reason. General, sir. Alabron and his people are innocent victims of Nurti. I felt certain you would wish to act. Colonel Ivanov has promised you would help us. Has he now? Are you in pain? Uh, it's nothing. Why the hell is everyone slapped into quarantine? You would have thought so. She's been experimenting on him, so he's obviously ill. Yes. Sir, with your permission, I'd like to take him into isolation room three. Very well. Come with me. Hmm. Well done, Janet. Why isn't everyone in biohazard suits? This is... Oh, protocol. Surely experience in the last six years has taught them something. Do you think the gate room itself would be one huge airlock? Yeah. We found him near the Stargate after we performed a recon of Nirti's fortress. Or I should say he found us. Lieutenant Colonel Sergei Ivanov, played by Raul Ganev. This is the second time in Stargate SD-1. The last time he was, believe it or not, a Russian soldier. Gasp. You've got a weird tone to his skin. Who, the native or the Russian? The guy is supposed to be human. I ignore weird tones on alien skin. You know, that's the musical ones. Hmm. She let you go. I was well enough to return home, she said. But when I arrived back in the village, everyone was dead. Hmm. Very common, that is. Yeah. Nate, you just tend to leave a lot of dead bodies about. Yeah, she does. She's as bad as, uh, what's her name? Destroyer of Worlds. Yeah. You look okay to me. Please, do not be fooled by my appearance. I've spent just as much time within the machine as the others. I know that I have been changed. Inside, I'm not like I was before. What kind of machine? So using some sort of probably gold technology to do the manipulation of the bodies. Yes. If he's talking about some sort of machine that can directly alter human DNA in real time. You believe Nirti is attempting to create a Hoktar? I'm not familiar with that term. It means advanced human. Nirti is most interested in creating the perfect human host in order to increase her power. So, she's at it again. As I never overestimate the intelligence of your audience. <laughs> Up to now, Nirti has been using eugenics. Like with Cassandra's people, selectively breeding only those that demonstrated specific genetic attributes. Thank you for that piece of exposition, Janet. Just in case the audience was... You know, John audiences generally don't need that level of explanation. You know, Gary should really get credited above a Russian guest star who's appeared in two episodes. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, Gary, get on to your agent. You know, it's actually illegal for um, actors and actresses to see casting calls. They can't subscribe to them. They have to go through their agents. Could explain why we don't see some of our favourite actors and actresses in the shows. We want to see them. In. Yeah, good for the agents. Fifteen percent. Can you get us in that fortress? No, I cannot go back. We're offering to help your people, Alibran. No, there's no time. I, I feel it. Something's happening. Alibran believes Nusi has the power to kill him, even here. Well, what if she does? Alibran, Alejandro Ray, or Alex Ray? Bless him. He got credited for Antmon. <laughs> he came up straight after the credit sequence. Well, let's be honest, he doesn't last long, folks. <laughs> Is this reminiscent of that scene in the first X-Men movie? Very much so. <laughs> ah, but didn't it come first? I'm just, I'm watching, I'm thinking, you know, this reminds me of that. Oh, sorry, no, X-Men was 2000, this is 2003. Although, this seems older than X-Men. Hmm. 
My team can take him back through the Stargate. No, these devices are designed to detonate in close proximity to the Stargate. You have to kill me. Just take it easy. Kill me, kill me now! Give him a sedative, 2cc value. Please, something terrible is happening. Alibrand, we need to take a chest x-ray. No! Get him down. Please kill me! He doesn't look good, does he? <laughs> he doesn't look good at all. Oh, dear. <laughs> He's gonna blow. <laughs> and that's where it reminds me of X-Men. Same thing. <laughs> Peter Delwey's tried to get Raoul to actually swear in Russian, but he refused. Is Raoul actually Russian? Yes, he is Russian. Jack's still perplexed. He does that look very well. Perplexed is pretty much Jack's default setting. Yes. <laughs> this is Hammond. I want a hazmat team to level 22 elevators immediately. It's like every cell in his body just broke down. Your team must have written some kind of time delay right into his DNA. I say that special effect done by Image Engine and the use of a lot of balloons filled with water. <laughs> what, painted orange? They just mapped the whole thing in. Right away, sir. I'd like to take SG3 with me as backup. Very well. I'll allow my team to join as Juan General. I don't think so, sir. I'm not so fast, Colonel. <laughs> Never a good idea to bring the Russians along. Sir. Lieutenant Colonel Ivanov's team has gathered valuable intelligence that could be useful to you. My team has scouted the entire area, sir. I can get you right inside near this fortress. Look, they've only lived this long because they've never accompanied SG-1 before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we should be designated SG-1. You should be designated uh, SCF, where CF stands for cannon fodder. Oh, right, thank you. Does it have to be with my team? Lieutenant Colonel Ivanov's a fine officer. I'm sure you'll agree. You'll be in command. Yes, sir. I'll remind him of that. The Stargate? Real or CGI? Why the bloody hell should I know? Well, you should be able to tell. It's not moving. The plastic one doesn't move. Well, that is a CGI gate. I see. So they could have had it move. We'll explain the complete lack of background behind it. It makes it easier to mat in. It does, don't it? <laughs> You're with us. Ah, we have multiple moon-type things. Yep, a map painting done by Tomb Raider 2, visual effects supervisor, who's a fan of the show. We should know. Yeah. Peter's directing credit came up nine minutes and ten seconds in. <laughs> as long as it gets there. How? Well... No, 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 I'm just wondering, will we actually get credits still popping up after the 10-minute mark at some point? <laughs> I'll have to check the length of the teaser. We're going to need a diversion. Carter Jonas, that's you. Now, this location is what they used in the episode The Warrior to stage the firefight and ambush. Mm -hmm. You can't tell up close, but when it gets a wide-angle shot, you can tell. She's not very well hidden, is she? It makes you wonder how they've crept up on him. Hmm. So I'm not bothering with the line of Claymore's this is C4 with a remote detonator. Yeah. Let's hope nobody's got a cell phone. I mean, Jonas has probably crept up right underneath him. <laughs> Very casual with that, isn't it? I think... Actually, in, fa in fairness, now, C4 is basically extraordinarily stable. Yeah, you've got to have an electronic detonator. You don't get the right electrical charge through it, nothing will happen. They're going through all this. If they just had a, a sniper team, they could take out all of the Jafar. Distraction, lads. Look over there. Look over there. <laughs> That's it. Stand around looking. <laughs> oh, dear. Look at them. They are dumb, aren't they? 
before a cannon appeared on screen. I thought you were ahead of me. <laughs> Come on, no! I got him. He's running away! He's running away! <laughs> Headshot? One shot, yes. How would you come off it? <laughs> this is why if you're, you know, one of the nervous, you actually close the damn raven thing. Friends, the headshot. You know, I think uh, our poor Russian was going, I wanted to shoot the big gun. He looked disappointed that he didn't get to kill anyone. That's it, a nice dark citadel, but we've got lights on our guns so everybody can see where we're coming. Yes. Unclean, unclean. There's an element of leprosy here, isn't there? In this kind of a... Very biblical. Mm. Please! Don't hurt us! We're not here to hurt anyone. We've come here to rescue you. Take you from this place. No! It looks daylight outside, yet it was night. Was it night, though? It was... Well, the map painting looked night, and the Citadel had lights on. She is not here. Are you expecting her back? Of course. For our treatments. Yeah, bit of a continuity screw up there, isn't it? <laughs> this is a fun episode. My name is Jonas. <laughs> I am... Wodan. No, talkie, talkie, talkie. Is he going to do the Daniel thing and say have a candy bar? We've come from a place called Earth. Hi. I was in this makeup for 14 hours. Appreciate it. <laughs> it probably was. That is Wodan, played by Dion Johnson, who is a very busy Stargate actor, yes. mostly behind the latex. He's been in nine episodes of Stargate SG-1, but only, I think, maybe twice as himself. He's been in Listener, King, Dreamcatcher, and The Core, which Alan watched last week. Yeah, it were fun in a sort of truly horrendously awful way. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, she cares for us, Nirti is our god. Nirti is of a race called the Goa'uld. They're parasitical beings that use our kind as hosts. Come on, guys. You've faced natives before who believed the Goa'uld were gods, and you can't really convince them otherwise. Nirti is curing us of our sickness. That is most unlikely. When the god Nirti came, a great plague had befallen our people. We were dying. Yeah, imagine what I looked like last week. Nirti has kept us alive. Check it out. Oh, that's a bit suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, Karen will be spending some time in that shortly. Don't take this wrong, friend, but... if this is cured... <sighs> My brother Alibran once looked as I do now. In time, she made him whole again. Why don't we just blow it up? Alibran, you say? Your brother is dead. Nirti allowed him to return to our village. There's no one left alive at your village. Alibran told us himself. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't last very long. Um, I, I hate to... Here's Alibran and hands him a soak on my tail. Yes, here's Olbran. <laughs> the point is, we need to know exactly when and where Nuri's coming back. Very soon. And when she comes, she will punish you. Your people 
We're never sick. He's going to jump to all the wrong conclusions if you're not careful. Nearty's been lying to you. No! No, the plague ravaged our people long before she came. Our village was almost wiped out. It is possible she discovered them in this condition and then took advantage of their situation. Hmm. Where did Nerti get Jafar? There's probably, yeah, you know, tens of thousands who have lost from Apophis's fleet or Sokars that haven't actually aligned themselves. Hmm. So a god pops up and says, you know, you're mine now. Their mutations might be unstable. So what happened to Alibran will most likely happen to them too if they don't go back in that machine. Sir, this is an incredibly advanced piece of technology. My guess is that it was built by the ancients. Can you figure it out? Not by tomorrow. Maybe with a few days and a lot of help. Mm. Oh, come on. You really believe that? We're going to need near tea, sir. Yeah. I'll figure out what you can. I'm going to go brief even off. Jonas, Teal, take these fine folks someplace where they can be comfortable for a while. He intends to kill her. Yeah, Peter Deloise nicknamed Woden as Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo. What? <laughs> because he looked like a piece of beep. <laughs> the guy on the right? The guy on the left. Hmm. I don't know where you've been, ain't pal? This was Peter Deloise, not me. Yeah. And obviously he was up close and personal. Hmm. No. First I intend to ask her in the nicest possible way to undo what she's done to you folks. You're just going to have to trust me. We came here to help you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what's Jack's version of nicest way possible? What calibre is it? <laughs> when there were rehearsals for it, wanted to mimic the elephant man in the stance and the voice of it, so they didn't have to rely purely on the prosthetics to sell the character. Yeah, I'd imagine not. This sort of prosthetics looks cheesy and silly, then it drops you right out of the episode. Mm -hmm. I will inform my men. Your team will be our backup. And we have to take her alive. Right now, she's the only one that knows how to run that machine in there. Now, that's scenery for you, isn't it? It's trees. Yes, the great wilderness. And it's not raining. Don't kick it. Oh, no. I'm wearing rather soft runners. I shouldn't have kicked it. Of course, the desk wobbled alarmingly when I did so. <laughs> I'll relieve you in two hours. Ah, Jack's actually thinking some of his men have actually talked, but mm. he's in for a bit of a surprise. Not very many extras here, either. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, Nerti didn't save a civilization, she saved a village. Mm. So, a hundred, a couple hundred at most. So, when you consider how many perhaps have died. Mm. Now, the casting for this episode, they've got some little people, some prosthetics, some people who are actually disfigured through accidents. Is where you sleep? Yes. No, we're just pointing guns at you. We don't have a yes. quarrel. How did you. We cannot allow you to harm Nirti. We have no quarrel with your people, but I must insist you into this cage. Now, the man in the background with the hood is Dan Shea. Yeah. And he was holding on to a cable there so Tilt could wave his hands about it as if he was being <laughs> pulled. Okay, that looks silly. Yeah. Warren, you're making a mistake! Oh. It is you who has made the mistake, Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. Yeah, very elephant man in there. She is coming. 
Well, yeah, unfortunately, my experience with the Elephant Man is based on John Hurt playing him. So he's mimicking the actor who played the Elephant Man in the film. <laughs> yes, I think that's what he meant. Jonas? Colonel, Jonas isn't responding on his radio. Understood. Jonas, to you. You can't leave one person alone in an enemy compound. It's not tactically sound. They're only a four-person team. Well, perhaps they should have taken some more people. They did, the Russians. Yeah, and they left them. Good Jack doesn't trust them. It's better than leaving Sam all alone, surely. Yeah, because Sam's not capable of looking after herself. Even Jack's been captured. Jack did not appear to have been captured. Not in this episode, in other episodes. Here we go. Fire, fire! That's it. There seems to take a few seconds to react. I mean, I'd have fired as soon as the light went out. Yeah, you're perfectly safe, Sam, now. Nothing to worry about. Hmm. Except for... The fact that she's invisible. Had you forgotten, Sam? Really? Hello. I've always liked Nerty. Don't know why, but I do. Yeah, you know, I have one or two suggestions, but this is a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, mostly. Have we actually been explicitly rated on iTunes yet? No. Uh-huh. And I do try so hard. Go on, zap <laughs> me with the zap gun. At this point, Jack thinks it just tickles. I'm sure you're aware that a second shot from this weapon will kill. This weapon kills on the first shot. <laughs> well, his gun kills on the first shot. You... Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to believe. <laughs> hmm. But I need you to help these people. But I am helping them. Yeah, I can see that. Appearances can be deceiving, Colonel O'Neill. She looks like she's been working out as well. So this is sort of a Linda Hamilton level uh, transformation. Yeah, a muscle in those arms. Mm. It's still ladylike. Ooh, nice. Ooh, dear. A practical special effect. A bullet glued to a piece of glass so you <laughs> could film it and it makes it look like it's just stuck there. Steven Spielberg has spent $10 million on CGI for that effect. Yes. Let's not forget the effect in Red Dwarf where there were two bullets supposed to land in a certain position visible to camera and according to the commentary, it took 26 takes because they kept rolling off. <laughs> they eventually put a light coating of glue on it so they'd stay. Ooh, dear. Was that some of a Zach gun from the eyeline perspective? Straight on, yeah. Been used in two other episodes that I stopped footage. Okay. Sir. I don't recall. We're captured, sir. I really, really don't like that woman. Yes, sir. This is an unpleasant surprise. Indeed. The lighting here is quite similar to the uh, Hell episode. Yeah, very, well, red, orange, flame lit. Well, there's a couple. There's the one where they get captured and they don't have their memories. Oh, yeah. And then there's the two-part one with Jacob. Well, it's telekinetic. Took our weapons right out of our hands just by thinking it. Clearly, Nirti is progressing in her attempt to create a Hoktar. Maybe we're too late. No. These genetic manipulations are unstable. She's not there yet. Edgar's telepathic. 
He did know that uh, Colonel O'Neill intended on killing Nearty. That was not my intention. Peter likes this lighting. I wonder, did he direct those ones as well? Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't say. Oh, you can put it in channels. Or I can look it up and email you. <laughs> it's not important. Which is why I'm going to look it up and email it to you, because it's important to me. <laughs> hey, folks. How you doing, Jack O'Neill, Earth? Listen. Originally, we came here to rescue you. But as you can see, we've run into a bit of a snag. So if any of you can bend steel with your bare hands or happen to be more powerful than a locomotive, just raise your hand. Uh, James Titchener, who did the commentary with Peter Eloise, the writer, said he imagined this scene to be a lot darker. And Peter was rather surprised. Hmm. He expected all the people in the background to be hidden in shadows, kind of only just coming out every now and again into the light. Move from the shadow, move into the light. Bzzzt. RDA, when he went into this set, asked, what was this cable on this door? Hmm. He pointed out that's how they managed to open the door with no, no hinges or anything. <laughs> Is it still possible to buy the film Freaks? I imagine you can find it on eBay. Hmm. Listen, I think we're dealing with a bit of a misunderstanding here. Do you really think Mirti will keep you alive with these powers after she's finished her experiments? She's using you. You're not going to get any help, Jack. These people, A, don't trust you, and B, pretty much going to... Did I hear implied inverted commas there when you said people? No, no, you didn't. I just said people. Oh, I put inverted commas around it. <laughs> people have stopped tweeting. Mirti has asked for this one. And I'm asking you to take me and... No! Poor Sergei. Bye, Sergei. Looks like he's been through the ringer. Nerty's had a wicked way with him. Yeah, well, either that or if he's been through the ringer, Sarah Michelle Gellar's had a wicked way with him. <laughs> you really think I was going to use that opportunity for a joke? Sergei doesn't look well. His moustache is all droopy. <laughs> oh. I realised that you would sacrifice us all, if necessary, to destroy Nerty. That's not true. You cannot lie to me. Oh. Oh, dear. Come! Ooh, heart squeeze. Come on, Jack. Live with it. She wants Sam first before you. Who wouldn't? At least I'll find out how the machine works. Well, that's Igor, played by Alex Zahara, and he's been in Stargate eight times. Again, mostly behind makeup, but uh, it's probably his most popular role was in the episode 1969 as a hippie. Hey, man. Recently been in Once Upon a Time, Battlestar, Smallville, Sanctuary. Busy actor. Someone must dig out his 48 hours. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was a fun little sci-fi show. You remember it? 48 hours? Yeah, they had no. this ball that could go back in time, but only two days. I remember seven days. Could have been seven days. There you go, then. <laughs> Sorry, I've had a rather stressful evening, and my breasts are cooling downstairs. <laughs> oh, and oh, look, on the subject to which there's nitty. Bit of dramatic lighting... Yes. Is that meant to be an eye? That's kind of gross. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> this was one of the scenes that Jacqueline wrote to sell. Unfortunately, by the time the realities of television production got through with it, this huge machine ended up being just this light show. <laughs> Let's see what you're made of. Peter went on to say that, you know, it's basically Brad Wright's idea that the story is always about the people and not about the technology. Surely the story is about the effect that the technology is having on the people and making them into not people. Well, he was talking in general, not specifics. Mm. Colonel, I'm sorry. I should never have 
allowed myself to be captured. <laughs> no, he doesn't look good at all. Looks like he's leaking. Did you get a message off to your team? Uh, I tried. But my radio... Yanked right out of your hand? And at the same moment, I was struck by that nuketal that appeared from nowhere. We know what happens next. Yeah, wild balloon time. Marshall Balloon, yes, Maximus. <laughs> My team would follow their standing orders to return to base if we were out of contact this long. Perhaps General Hammond will send reinforcements. Hopefully it won't come to that. If you're thirsty, put your canteens underneath the cot. <laughs> They'll get filled. What'd they do to you up there? I don't know for how long I was in the machine or what she did. But something is different. We'll get out of this. Where is Major Carter? I suppose... Splashicus Morticus. <laughs> hey, I can pull out the pig lot when the mood takes me. I've got a bloody great york strapped to my arm tomorrow. Tomorrow night's sleep's not going to be fun. In case folks are wondering, I'm getting a blood pressure monitor attached. Don't worry, I can do pass from a hospital bed if I have to. The sacrifices we make for you. Bring me the one called Jones. Oh dear. That looked a little like the original Tron style effect. Hmm. She's getting through them. Yes, Mr. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right there, aren't you? Sorry? <laughs> you were right there, that's Igor or Igor. <laughs> it. it occurred to me. I'm enjoying this episode more than I've enjoyed most in this season. Hey fellas, want to do me a favour? Go on back. Let her know that I'm next. You should pick me. Her will is my command. <laughs> Jack keeps trying to volunteer. Yeah, well... Here's your mistake right there. Jonas. Oh, now you have to drop a 1973 Cylon by your command in there. Fight it, Tilt. Fight it. Brute force over mind. Tilt loses. Both the actors did their own little stunts here. Mm-hmm. Chris with his bad knees and Jonas on the concrete floor with no padding. Oh, well, there's a small scattering of straw. Doesn't really count as padding, though. Do not attempt that again! <laughs> he got angry. Yes, or else do it better, at least. Because mm. you nearly had him. Cut. Sorry. You made it through. You're going to be all right. No, sir, I don't think I am. Hmm. Ooh. Sam knows exactly what that machine's capable of. Hmm. It's a nice little set, really. The combination of very old-world Indian Far East culture and the technology smack bang in the middle of it. Hmm. He still can't have the little <laughs> smile, can he? We have not met. No, but I have heard a lot about you. <laughs> not from me. <laughs> yeah, I me, mean, Jonas. Hmm. You're not human. I'm human. I'm just not from Earth. A gold like yourself took my ancestors from Earth thousands of years ago and enslaved them. Sadly, it was not I. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, beep, twinkle, twinkle. She's found something she likes. Mm. Those few thousand years on another world have changed you more than you know. 
<laughs> Is she drooling? <laughs> Maybe she wants to mate with him. Oh. <coughs> you in pain? Something is happening. I can feel it. No, you're not, all right. God, don't lie so transparently. Well, ask. <laughs> At least be a little more sarcastic. Mm. Are you in pain? Yes, I bloody well am, you silly. Do I look like I'm in pain? <laughs> I've been attempting to communicate with the other prisoners. But they also believe Neody is a god. They will not listen. They're actually in a pretty bad way when you think about it, because they've got no help coming. You know, the people around the gate are already been handled. Ooh, handled. Yes, I'm willing to go there from pretty much anywhere. <laughs> no, the other one. Igor. Yeah. I mean, if he can read my mind, why can't he read Nerdy's? He can't read minds all the time, otherwise he would have known Jonas was going to jump him. Perhaps he is afraid to look into the mind of one he perceives as a god. Oh, there are tweets. Are they tweets for us, or are they just generic ones? There's one in German, I'm not reading that. Nothing. Go to Twitter, provide your translations, Ergus. Get some rest. It's an order. Just some cramps, Jack. Don't worry about it. <laughs> She's looking a bit sweaty. I thought it might be quite warm in there. I imagine it is. It doesn't look much like there's ventilation. Oh, uh, uh, that's conflicted, Jack. Do I put the arm around her? <laughs> Will it disturb her? Is there any way I can get my arm up and over without actually dislocating my shoulder? Oh no! Oh dear! Stand back. It's going to be messy. Oh, the, they saved some money there. Just, they just had the sound effects. Yeah, they just played the sound. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Jonas the Betrayer. <laughs> just let me relax and enjoy this scene. Get the graduate pose straight away. I've never actually seen it. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Why did you bring me here? Because you're different. <laughs> you still dress, Jonas. You're alright. Wait for it. Wait for it. Da, da, da. You're much closer than the others. Oh. With my help, you could complete the transformation. That's a dress you had to squeeze into. No. I assure you. You must know. That you are capable of much more than the petty tasks that life among the Tauri can offer? No, oh dear. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like my life the way it is. I can make you more powerful than you could imagine. Powers you've seen in Wodan and the others. Only a fraction of what I could give you. Well, that is. Definitely the most interesting offer I've had in a very long time. But you can't risk giving me those kind of powers unless you're certain that I won't use them against you. Once I share those powers, we could rule the galaxy together. Now, Jonas was very... I don't know if you, the word would be innocent or naive with Lieutenant Rush first off. Hmm. Well, he wasn't sure about Earth Protocols. He sent me a guy that good looking didn't get someone as homeworld. <laughs> Stupidly handsome. 
Perhaps he was stuck in the laboratory all the time and, you know, they just... I'm sure they're sexy lab assistants, or at least desperate for sex lab assistants. <laughs> I guess the first thing I would do would be to free my friends and all those other people you have caged up down there. And then I would destroy you. Now, this scene, James Titchener actually didn't write because he didn't think Nerti would do this sort of thing. She wouldn't try to seduce somebody, she'd just take them. When Brad Wright did a pass on the script, he wrote this part. Perfect. I mean, Jacqueline agreed to do it. It's uh, another twist on the character, isn't it, after all? Once you've seen what has already happened to the others, perhaps you will change your mind. That's it, Jonas. You really don't piss a ghoul's off. <laughs> She's not a good yes. idea. She's not in the mood anymore. <laughs> that wasn't a punch in the head. The transcript said it was a punch in the head. She grabbed the shoulder and pushed him. Put it this way, Jonas, there are people who pay for that sort of treatment. <laughs> yes. From women that look a lot like her. In clubs in Soho. There was a woman that looked a lot like her in a few seasons of uh, the original CSI. She had a relationship with uh, William Peterson. It's been a while since we've seen the uh, gold eye flash as well. Mm. You look at some of the women they've had in Stargate, Particularly Vanessa Angel, you know, at the time I said what terrible costume in the gave her. Yeah, here's Nerti with a actually fantastic costume. <laughs> Showing a similar amount of cleavage, she's just not as built as Vanessa. I mean, Vanessa needs scaffolding. <laughs> O'Neill is next. Look, she just killed a good man. She's going to do the same thing to the rest of us. Together, you're stronger than she is. You just don't realise it. It's the Captain Kirk approach to uh, negotiation. Keep repeating the same thing. And... Captain Kirk approach to negotiation is fight with and then shag the sexy female extra. She looks like a bit jolly there. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny doorway really, isn't it? Yeah. Peter DeLuise signed off on it, then realised how many scenes it'd be shown with people going in and out of the cages. <laughs> realised that perhaps they should have had it a bit higher. You know, you're right. I didn't want to kill her. But if you'd look into her mind for a split second, you'd want to do the same thing for what she's done to your people. And he'll give it up. I mean, 36 minutes. Compared to some of the episodes we've recorded recently, this has shot by for me. <laughs> this is about the fourth time you've seen it this week, isn't it? No, only the third. Once without, once with, and once with. Yeah. I have loyal Jafar. They look like they've been basically brain pulped. You should not have come here on the can you undo what you've done to Carter? If I choose to. I let you go once. We made a deal. I honoured it. I told you then I would not have done the same. I don't recall what Nerti's symbol is, so are they a uh, Jafar? Mm. Let the rest of my team go, that's all I ask. You can do whatever you want to me. Yes, Colonel. I can. <laughs> She's trying to negotiate with the Jack. Ooh. Evil, evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> glance, glance, glance. Go on, go on, go on. He's given the mental equivalent to Mrs. Doyle. Stop! What he says is true. My brother? She murdered him. She has murdered hundreds of our people. And she intends to do the same to us. Woden is very decisive and he trusts this guy implicitly. He totally changes his mind. I command you! That's what I like, poor Jafar. Oh, the Darth Vader hold. 
Oh dear. <laughs> ah, yes. Ooh, looks painful. No, 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 no. Ooh. Stop. I am your god. We need her alive. Handy to have a hand device worn at all times. Hmm. Oh, she's the only one who can help your people. I can make you more powerful than your wildest dreams. Oof. <laughs> a hand device would have helped. That was a jump cut, obviously, to a model or something. And unfortunately, when she was up in the air, her neck snapped one way, and when she Why fell, it was the other way. <laughs> she deserved to die. She was Carter's only chance. Not so, O'Neill. Before she died, I looked into Nerti's mind and took what I needed. Hurry. While there is still time. Oh. Oh. She really did a number on these guys, did she? Really improved their intellect in some areas. I get the impression that before she came along, these people would not be understanding this level of technology. <laughs> Come on, Sam. Well, Sam, are we taking you home to tea town? It's a bit contrived, isn't it, to save her at the last minute? Well, it's not the last minute. <laughs> Nearly the last minute. You really think you could say something like that to me and I wouldn't respond in that way? Come on! It's got to be said, though. Yeah, expect better from Stargate. The last minute saving of the main star. We can all be as we were before. Now that you are shown us the truth. Hail, Dorothy. The Wicked Witch is dead. At least we get a flagrant Oz reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. Margaret Hamilton. Point is, with Nearty gone, you can get back to your lives, rebuild your village. We can help you out with food and supplies, get you back on track. And once we get to know each other a little better, I'd really like a chance to study this machine. I mean, that's not even subtle. Does Jack insert these or does Peter actually... Well, the Wizard of Oz reference was scripted, but it's a movie was ad-libbed. Yeah. We intend to destroy it. Good for you, mate. But this is an incredibly advanced piece of technology. Carter? Nice touch to have that eye in his head actually mm. moving. Technology is too advanced because it can ruin the whole story. Because if you've got something like this that you can just use, uh, you're going to fix him. But then he'll lose all the incredible mental powers. To us? It's part of that movie. Uh, second to Oz reference was scripted as well. It would only make sense if the Stargate was actually in Kansas or Colorado. Well, in time, they'll visit Kansas. If only so they can say we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I'd trade incredible mental powers for a nice clear complexion. I don't have a nice clear complexion. I'm not fussed. I'd trade a couple of fingers for 30 kilo loss in weight. <laughs> what, your fingers weigh that much? Arr, arr. Ah, 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 ah. Go on, you were doing your outro. Right. You're right, that, that actually went very, very fast. And in fact, like I've watched that episode three times now, and I've enjoyed it every time. Well, it's a good episode. It's fun. A little contrived in places. I like Nerty. I like Jacqueline Samunda. I think she looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I like the flagrant Oz references. But she's dead. There are sarcophagi. How rotted would you have to be before a sarcophagus couldn't revive you? Is there a maximum time post-death? I imagine there would be. I just don't think they've ever actually explored it. These are the gold, of course they've explored it. <laughs> well, they've had gold locked up in a sarcophagus for some time. Hathor wasn't stuck, wasn't she? I imagine that sustains them, though. Yeah. But, you know, how far past cell death can you go before it's not possible to revive? Obviously, it's only four minutes, but... One thing they did say about this episode, unusual for a Stargate episode, there was very little humour in it. 
except for right at the end with the Oz references. But then you look at the subject matter and the actual characters involved, there isn't really a lot of room for humour. Yeah, we're a cracking episode. If I can analogise, like Nightwatch, for example, by Terry Patrick Fox, there's very little humour in the book, but a cracking read. It's actually probably one of my favourites of his. I read it and then I went back to the start and started reading it again. <laughs> I must get it in hardback. Yes, yeah, another episode, though, where I think Jonas had a very good role as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, not many of those left. I mean, <laughs> the laying the groundwork for... Well, we've always seen Jonas as very fast on the uptake and actually understand information. That was always, perhaps, is that his race? Do we have a race of Astrid's from the alternate universe, then? Astrid's. Strange reference. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're normally quicker on the uptake than that. Stargate, Stargate. Uh, how about Pratchett? Discord? Astrid? No, no. <laughs> I thought you knew me well enough to follow my rapid subject jumps by now. Yeah. They're just adding the little bits. You know, his DNA makes him special. His, his people have changed from the human template. And, uh, oh, my God, Arsenal are 3-0 up. Sorry, folks, but I've got the TV on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just turning around and I think, 3-0 up? Christ. Do you want them to win? Well, yeah, actually, I'd like to see an English team beat a foreign team. OK. They're laying a bit more groundwork for Jonas being a little bit different, a little bit special. But as you say, we're running out of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jonas. And speaking of that, I'm going to have to get the uh, Season 6 poll up and running soon as well. Indeed. Yes. I'm looking forward to that Ronan Teok episode in SGA. I think it's Season 4. Meridian. The bridge. Well, Meridian is means the middle, and the bridge is located in the middle mm. between the galaxies. Yes. Come try ya! Right, that were uh, Metamorphosis. Next week, Disclosure. General Hammond and the Pentagon are forced to reveal the existence of the Stargate to other world governments. Playing off fears the US military has too much control, Senator Kinsey suggests that Hammond be relieved of command and the civilian-run NID oversee the Stargate program. Oh, no. Well, that were a quick blurb. I read it quite fast, but I couldn't really put the <laughs> usual overemphasis on it because it wasn't ridiculous. Yeah. this episode, It's a clip show. Oh, no. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> oh, I hate clip shows. Even the one the Barber? Oh, Citizen Joe. Hmm. I watched about half of that the last time I was in Dublin. I, I never generally catch Stargate on TV because, as anyone who's spoken to me for more than about a week knows, I don't watch TV as it's broadcast. The last exception to that was Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which was the only thing I put my foot down on the TV with my housemate at the time, which was, I will watch this as it's on. <laughs> You're going to be watching the second season, of course. Yeah, Sky sent me an email saying offering a preview. Kind of hoping he might come out with the next book in time for the series. <laughs> and if you're interested, folk in Game of Thrones, and he leaves this bit in, there is a photo on my Facebook page of me with Christian Nairn, who played Hodor. I'm five foot nine. He's six foot eleven. It's a bit of a contrast. <laughs> I could fit my head could fit under his armpit. Well, I left the little bit where you talked about him in last week's episode, and yeah. I put his link to his web page in the show notes. He's bloody big. Yeah. To get back to something faintly approaching schedule. Just say the word. Open the iris. Given the time when we're recording this episode and when it's broadcast, Michael Shanks is now officially on Twitter, or has been for a month. Again, depending upon when you listen to this. This is why we don't do a news segment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could do a news segment, but the news segment could be cut into the current episode, like the feedback segment. We could, yeah. You can't be arsed. Probably it, yeah. On the subject of feedback on Facebook... Yeah, we got some comments about Paradise Lost, didn't we? Yes, on your photograph and on your actual episode post. Chris Hainsworth says, BTS story. 
Tom McBeath at the con told the story of when they blew the fish out of the water. Tom stood there and threw the fish at Rick on the water edge. Most funny ever had, lol. As Rick used to really keep changing lines on him just to see his reaction, bless him. I replied, there really were excellent moments between the two actors. Chris replied, Tom is lovely, an old pro. I've no idea what a BTS story is, though. Behind the scenes? Yeah. Also, on the photograph that you put up, Daniel Waller says, one of my favourites, tastes like arugula. I hate arugula. I had no idea about arugula. Heard the name, but zilch on what it actually was. You know now? We talked about it in the podcast Uh last week. Do we want to do the comments on the photograph you put up with John DeLance? Yeah, why not? Miles McLaughlin had a pretty good career before Star Trek TNG, but doing TNG relaunched his career. Means that people got the chance to see what a talent he was. Blimey, he was in The Six Million Dollar Man. And I actually looked up John DeLance's IMDb page just to see what he had done before TNG. There's hundreds of entries. Yep, John celebrates his birthday on the 20th of March. Connor Trenier celebrated his birthday on the 19th of March. Got a few comments. On there. Lee Montgomery says, my fave Enterprise cast member. I replied, yeah, Trip was a very likeable character. Never was sold on the romance or his fate. Uh, I had a soft spot for drunk Malcolm. And he replies, yeah, Malcolm was my next fave. Miles McLaughlin replied, I know him best for his work on Star Trek, but I was doing a Siders watch. Didn't see it when it first on. I noticed he had guest starred on Siders. I really liked his Michael character. He wasn't just a one-dimensional bad guy. It was a tragic figure that got screwed over by the humans, which made him more interesting. Okay, then, we got some voicemail from Colin, the host of the Star Trek podcast, Trek News and Views. Hi, guys, it's Colin from England, or Colin from Trek News and Views, whichever one you want to look at it. First of all, may I compliment you, Alan, on your reading, Peter F. Hamilton and the Temporal Void. I have actually read Peter F. Hamilton's books, and I think it's a fantastic author, and The Void is a great series. So, compliments there, my friend. Very nice choice. On to this episode, where they go around eating hallucinogenic grass. I'm sure there's a few people who went to uh, Glastonbury and relate to that little episode, shall we say? It is an interesting... I do like Jack O'Neill um, in this type of environment, where he's basically carrying the show. The way they bounce off each other when they're isolated on the planet, and the way, there's a comedy level to it, as well as a serious level to it. And I think in this episode, it works perfectly. I think Carter was a bit more emotional than scientific in this episode. Obviously we know that she has feelings for O'Neill beyond just the fact that he's a commanding officer. But I do think she got a little too emotional and I think the general did kind of overindulge, shall we say, in the uh, the search parameters. But there's another question I wanted to raise. Surely if the Tokra were scanning the planet for life signs, would they have been directing the scanners down or would it just be a general scan? I mean... How far away is the moon from the planet? I wonder if the scanners would have picked up whatever was on the moon. But, hey, I suppose we don't really know a lot about Tokra scanners because they're not going to tell us, are they? <laughs> anyway, oh, and I do believe this makes me your number one voicemailer, by the way. <laughs> Great show, guys, and thanks for coming on the show, Alan. It was a pleasure to have you on. Yep, that's right, Colin. You are now our most prolific voicemailer. Congratulations. As for the Tokra scanners... You can imagine scanners that identify individual life forms on a planet have to be super sensitive and probably narrow beam. So it's reasonable to say that he didn't scan the moon. However, as we know, whatever the plot requires, the technology provides, such as science fiction. We have a new iTunes review from Kevin Webb, five stars as well, posted on the 5th of March 2012, titled A True Credit to the Tarei. Like it says above, a true credit to Stargate fandom. Every gator should listen to this podcast. 
Thanks, Kevin. We've had a mini boom in iTunes reviews. Thanks, everyone, who posted one. Keep them coming. The more, the merrier. A special mention to Shannon Riddler, who listened to her first episode of the Gatecast this week and gave us a very complimentary mention on her Facebook page. I have to admit, it's always a buzz when we find we've got a new listener. And while I'm on the subject, our Facebook group for the Gatecast has had some new members recently. Uh, over the past month, John D. Rowley, Lee Montgomery, Jeff Wolseley, and Chris Harmsworth have joined. I don't know if one or two of them have already been mentioned before, but if they have, nothing to worry about. Over the past month or so, I've been posting on the various portals birthdays of people from the franchise both in front and behind the camera. I've decided, in addition to that, to also do a weekly roundup on the uh, Gatecast episode itself. On March 25th, James McDaniel, who played General Francis Maynard in two episodes of Stargate SG-1, Lost City Part 2 and Inauguration celebrates his birthday. On the 26th, Angelique Noard played a scientist in No Man's Land in Stargate Atlantis. Richard de Klerk celebrates on the 27th, he played Tassan in Babylon, and the cave dweller in The First Commandment. He also had a recurring role as an airman in nine episodes of Stargate Universe. Also on the 28th, Cam Cronin celebrates. He played an airman in Window of Opportunity. The big one for this week, Mariana Surtees, who played Dr. Svetlana Markov in Watergate, celebrates her birthday on the 29th. On the 30th, Millie Vital. She played Shah Ray in the theatrical version, Stargate the Movie. She was there at the beginning. On the 30th, Frasier Ashton played a Jaffa commander in Upgrades and also a stunt performer on the show. And finally on the 31st, Adrian Holmes. He was a special operations sergeant in Nightwalkers and played Detective Ryan in Memento Mori. A big thank you to Atlantis-TV and Gateworld for the birthday lists. If you want to get in touch with us, you can use any of the following methods. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. It can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise, or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. On the next Stargate SG-1... Stand to, gentlemen! For six years, they've protected Earth's most powerful secret. We've asked you here to inform you of a top-secret operation. Until now... It's called the Stargate Program. The world's superpowers must learn the truth. The fact is... Our planet is facing imminent danger. And join forces against the galaxy's greatest enemies. We're trying to create a coalition to defend the entire world. 
But is the battle to save Earth... They appear to be amassing a few troops. Already lost. We're talking about a full-scale attack from space. Richard Dean Anderson stars... Close that iris. I can't, sir. On the next Stargate SG-1. Okay, folks, thanks for downloading, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week, or less time if you downloaded this episode later. <laughs> yep, take care, everybody. Have fun, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike, and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Gatecast.